if this is you, I am not calling you out, but I am amazed at the amount of nonprofits that I work with that don't have standard operating procedures. And this causes a huge headache because everything that they do lives in their head, either the executive director's head or even worse, like a volunteer that came on and built something, part of your procedures or a social media page or something, and everything they do lives in their head and the executive director doesn't even know how they do it. So standard operating procedures are so important, but they can be really overwhelming because an executive director feels like, oh my gosh, I have to stop and sit down and write out everything that I do in this organization in the rare event that I get like, I win the lottery and I leave and somebody else has to come in and do it. So I get why these are procrastinated and people don't do them, but you really need standard operating procedures. I'm gonna push you to get your standard operating procedures done in 2022, but they don't have to be overwhelming. We can make them easy and more importantly, useful. Let's talk about it. Welcome to episode 13 of the Harvesting Results Show, where I help you serve others by giving you tools, resources, and advice so that you can nurture those roots to harvest the fruits of all your hard work and dedication to your unique cause. I'm Rebecca Britt, your host, and today we are talking about standard operating procedures. I know, it can seem boring, but gosh, once you get these done, you feel like superwoman or superman. You feel great having these all organized and everything you do written out. And sometimes your procedures get even better when you start writing them because you're like, actually, we really need to be doing these things and I'm gonna work that into our protocol. So if you haven't already snagged your free master's class that I have on the top three mistakes nonprofit startups make, I want you to go and grab that now. It's my free gift to you. You can get it at catulo.com slash startup. You can grab your seat today. Okay, so let's talk about breaking down standard operating procedures. How do we get started? How do we do them? Okay, well first you want to make it easy, okay? so. Let's say that you're gonna just do one a day. Like let's commit to one a day. Let's commit to one a week. I don't care. Whatever the small bite-sized thing that you feel like you can do. And prioritize the ones that are most important. So let's say that you have a facility where people actually come into your facility. You have the public come in and you have a certain way that you get ready for the day. Maybe all of the doors need to be unlocked. The lights need to be turned on. Maybe you start a coffee maker whatever that is. And maybe you've just been doing that for years and you don't need a standard operating procedure. No, you need one because you have a certain standard for your brand. So you are going to just write out what you do. The lights need to be on, okay? And we're gonna start the coffee maker. You do this before you do this, especially leaving for the day. What do people need to do? Do you need to sweep and clean up? Do you need to lock the doors? Okay, so it's pretty easy to just, ones like that where you're actually physically doing stuff, just open a Google Doc and start writing down standard operating procedure for opening the business and what needs to happen first, okay? And then second and third and, and all of that. Another thing that you can do, because so many of our things are online. I don't know if you guys have ever worked for like a corporate 
um, entity, but I remember I used to get their standard operating procedures. And when I was like a new employee, I would get this big old binder and the binder would have all these screenshots of like, what do you do next? First you go to file, then you drop down to settings, then you click this, this, and this. And there was all these screenshots, right? And you, it was a big book and it's a lot. And if I thought right now about doing a whole bunch of screenshots, I would just slump under my table because I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. And those were helpful for me as an employee, but thankfully we live in an era where everybody is used to videos. I'm going to assume that you learn off of YouTube because you're here right now watching this learning. So what I would do is just open up a Zoom where you're recording yourself and share screen and just say, okay, this is how we enter a contact into our database. This is what we do when we have a new person that calls us and we need to record a support call. This is what happens when we are entering a new task in our project management software. Whatever your employees need to know, just go through it on the video, okay? Make it easy. And then you want to just upload these to a Google Drive or whatever you use, a Google Drive. But what's beautiful about this is it is useful. So if you have, if you have something like that you need to write down, like uh, the welcome area and getting that ready, go ahead and bullet out your steps, your processes for that. If it's something that's on the computer that you can record, record it. Don't go through and write, first you need to do this, da, da, da you can just record it. Do closed captions for people so that they can read it while the video is going if that's their learning style. But I would just record it in a Zoom screen share. Okay, so that's making it easy for you, right? You're already doing the work. Use examples that you're already doing. Like wait until you have a new contact that you need to enter. Pop open Zoom and say, ah, I have a new contact I need to enter. I want to show you how we do this. Talk to them conversationally so that it's an engaging video. That's how you make it easy on yourself. Commit to one or two and do them while you are doing the things. It's the best way not to skip any steps too because you're actually doing what you always do. Then you wanna make it useful, okay? The worst thing, the like the worst, even worse than not creating standard operating procedures is creating that huge binder of them and having it stick on a shelf and nobody has read them, right? How many employee handbooks have you really read that you've been given? None, I've read none. How do you make it useful and how do you make it engaging? What's awesome is if you do videos, that's a really, um, really engaging learning style for most people. And what you can do is use these as training. So now you don't need to sit with new staff or new volunteers and sit behind them at a computer and go, okay, we enter it here. You go, you know what? There's a whole library on this Google Drive, it has all the videos of how to do these different tasks and you can just go through and watch them. And if people are like me, which I feel like a lot of people are, they learn by doing. So you could tell me all day long how to enter a contact, but until I get in the software and I start doing it myself, I won't learn very well. And what I usually do is if I'm learning something new, I have YouTube up on one tab and I have the software up on the other tab and I listen to a little of the video and then I go back and do the thing and then I listen to the little of the video. So that's exactly what people can do. They can do it in their own time. It doesn't take any more time than you initially had doing the video, right? Or writing out the thing and they can just reference this material as they're actually doing it in real time. Okay. So that's how you make it 
useful. And now guess what you have? You have your onboarding training ready. You have, um, if you go out of town or something, an emergency happens, you can just tell a volunteer that maybe isn't used to doing some of your job that they can do it and that you really need them to, but that you've created some videos and they should be able to figure, figure it out. And it's in the Google drive. So now you've really freed yourself up to allow other people to do things and not lose any quality. Another way that I want you to make it as useful as possible is give people as many tools as you can possibly give them. I hear executive directors often complain about, and I did it myself, complain about how their staff or their volunteers don't do things to the quality that they would do them. And they're like, oh, this person doesn't even know how to write an email or uh, like, what does this person think we're using this for? This isn't even helpful. Or why would they even think to do that? Okay. One, have you told them the right way to do it? Two, have you given them case studies or examples? Okay. So say you have a warm line where people call in and they need advice or support, right? And you're like, I don't know if people will give the same support that I would give. Okay. Record a couple of the support calls. Have those for the people to listen to so that they've heard how you handle support calls. Okay. Have them read some of the support contacts that you've entered. Okay. So you're giving them some context. And if it's support emails, write out an example email. Say this, we always start with like, Hey, thank you so much for reaching out. We're so sorry you're dealing with this. Give them examples that they can copy and paste. If you hire somebody or you have a volunteer talking to your donors and you want a very specific tone, write emails that they can copy and paste. Make it super easy for people so that they don't have to guess and so that you don't start getting frustrated with like, why are they doing something the way they wanna do it? Because they're them, you're you. And if you have a specific standard or quality, give it to them. Give as much as possible so that there's very little error. Most of the time when people are frustrated or confused by their volunteers or their staff, it is because they have not provided the proper support. They have not trained them enough. They have not given them the tools. They have not given them the examples, the case studies, the resources to be able to do the job that is intended. Okay. So make sure that you're doing that. That is really your role in these SOPs are going to help you do that. Okay. So finally point number three is Procedures are only good if they're being followed. So you have to actually build in some time to assess how they're being followed and if they're being done right. So an easy way to do this, say you make a new policy that says every single time uh, a new volunteer is put into our database, they need to have a tag assigned to them that says volunteer. And you give this to your volunteer coordinator and you tell them that's the policy. You made it, you make a nice video to show them how to do it. And it's very clear and you feel super good about it. Well, what you don't want to happen is you walk away from that. And two years later, you realize nobody's been tagged a volunteer and something was lost in translation or that volunteer just never really picked up that policy. So monthly go in and do a spot check. 
Just, you know, a new volunteer that came on, look up their name, see if the tag's there. If the tag's not there, then you talk to the volunteer and you say, hey, remember we were starting this new policy, what do I need to do to support you in getting all of these people tagged? Then if you notice a mistake, like over the last month or the last two months, they haven't tagged people as volunteers, that adds something else that they can do. They now need to export all the people that uh, were new to the organization in the last two months and upload and say, you want a tag added to all of them, right? Or they just need to go back and add tags to all of the volunteers that they know of, and then you're good, you're golden, you've got what you want. But you need to assess, are these procedures being followed so that you're making sure that you didn't just write a bunch of policies and procedures for no reason. So go back and assess. You can do this monthly, you can do this quarterly, but it's just checking in and saying, are the processes that we put forward being followed? One very useful way that policies and procedures can be used is to develop checklists. So you might want, if it's something that's really important, you might want those accountability measures to be done on a daily basis or a per time basis. So say you have a call that comes into a hotline that say it's like domestic violence hotline and you need to make sure that all the right steps are taken every single time or maybe suicide prevention or something. It's really serious and you need to make sure that all of the steps are taken. So maybe there's a checklist, you know, did you get their name? Did you get their email? Did you provide them resources? Did you set a date to follow up with them? Did you do this? And maybe there's a checklist that you go down and maybe that staff member or that volunteer needs to add all the things that they did to a contact note and you have the system CCU so that you can see every single one coming through and you can see that all of the steps were taken and you're just aware of this new call that came through that's critical, okay? So you can build in automations and you can build in systems but let's say you don't have software, let's say you don't have automations. And this brings me back to uh, the horse farm that I had for foster and adopted kids, uh, my nonprofit. What we needed to do AM chores and PM chores, like horse chores, okay? And I needed to create a standard operating procedure for that because I had volunteers doing it and I needed all the horses to get fed and they needed to get fed the exact right grain and they needed to be fed the exact right supplements. And this horse needed a specific fly mask on and this horse needed a specific blanket on. Like there were things that nobody else understood except for me. So I created a procedure, but I also created a checklist, a whiteboard that had what are the specific needs of each horse, what's the specific feed, all of that. But the checklist said that they checked the whiteboard, they fed each horse, they put all of the right ointments and supplements with each horse, um, then they let the horses out, then they filled water troughs, then they mucked stalls, then they swept the aisle. All of these things needed to be done. But I didn't have software to tell me like, Here's a notification, Rebecca, all of these things were done. You know, that's great. But no, I just had a paper checklist that people used. Then they initialed it. And then I had a, an annual planner and they had to go in and staple their checklist to the date in the planner so that I could see that they did it. And that's also where they would have any notes, like notice that this fence was down on this day, okay? So you can create a procedure and just writing it out isn't good enough. What tools do you need to provide? Um, and what accountabilities do you have? Do you need to be pinged every single time you do it? Is it a daily thing? Are you gonna go in monthly? 
Are you going to go in quarterly to ensure that the procedures are being followed? And ask for feedback from your staff. Are there procedures that need to change? Is it stupid that you do something every day and you really should do it uh, weekly? Or should you add a procedure? Any of that stuff, you can ask for feedback from the people that are actually doing the work. This is a great way too. Like I know a lot of executive directors have like a death grip on a lot of their things because they just don't trust that other people can do them. But write it out as closely as you want it done as possible and then let it go so that you can see how others do it. It's not sustainable if you have to do it all. See how they do it and then ask them for feedback. Like, would they do it differently? Maybe you notice that like they don't write an email like you do, but it's fine, but it's fine. You know, you need to incorporate everybody's voice in your organization. You are made up by all the people in your organization, not just you. So you don't need to create little yous. Like the beauty of it is creating a whole bunch of people that love the same cause. And you know, you can really honor everybody's unique characteristics by giving them a standard operating procedure and then letting them have some creative influence on it. Okay. That's how you really build a good culture where people have ownership over their role. But I'm telling you, Staff issues and culture are like almost always caused by lack of clarity, lack of communication, employees or staff that don't really understand what's expected of them. People love structure. Kids love structure. We love structure. We want to know what's an A. How do I get an A here? How do I get a pat on the back? And if you can hand a checklist or a standard operating procedure and say, this is exactly how I want you to do it, people feel well equipped to do good at their job. And when people do good at their job, they feel rewarded and they want to come back and they want to help. Okay. So let's recap, make it easy. Okay. You do not need to sit down in a bunker and try to like weed out everything you do in your organization and write it all down and make a 200 and 2060 page book. Okay. No, every time you do something that you're like, Oh, I should write this pr protocol down, write it down while you do it or open up zoom, record screen share, record what you're doing. Set a goal for yourself, create one a day, create one a week, whatever, make it easy, make it useful, do videos, use it for training, use it for onboarding. Think of all the time you're going to not have to spend training people or standing over people. If you have all of this stuff written down and they can uh, access it on their own time and use it and play it back and pause it and doing all that stuff. Think about how useful it can be. Okay. Create all the resources, make sure you have checklists or, or copy and paste, um, examples of what they can use. If you have canned responses to different inquiries, copy and paste all of your canned responses. Anytime you're responding to somebody and you're like, Oh, this was a good response. I really don't feel like rewriting this exact same thing to the 12 other people that are going to ask me this today. Copy, paste, drop it somewhere and other people can use your canned response. Okay. And then make sure you're evaluating your policies and procedures. Are they relevant? Are they up to date? Do they still reflect what you want to do and what you do? Are they being done? Like, is it just a policy sitting there or are people actually following them? Hold people accountable, have those conversations. That's what your one-on-one -on -one meetings with your staff and your board can be about like, okay, this was the policy. There was a breakdown. What do we need to do to, to render that? Don't forget about your free master's class that I have for you. It's cthulhu.com slash startup. That's my gift to you. And please 
drop in the comments, when are you gonna have your SOPs done? Like, I hope that I have helped you feel not that overwhelmed. Like, you're like, you know what, I can do this. I can at least write one. Just start, write one, write one SOP. Record one SOP, like start getting used to it. And let me know in the comments, like when are you gonna do this by? Are you gonna have this done by 2022? Are you gonna talk to your board and then start writing these, you know, in quarter two? Whenever you choose to do it, I want you to declare a date that you're going to start doing this by or that you're gonna have it done by, okay? Because I feel like that's the first step. Declare that it's gonna happen. I promise you, you can have these SOPs done and feel so good about the growth that you're gonna have, right? You're gonna have growth. You're gonna have a lot of volunteers coming into your organization. You're totally gonna have a bunch of staff, okay? Hey, if you already have staff and you already have volunteers, especially if they do things that you don't even know how they do them, ask them to do an SOP, ask them to get started. But you need to lead by example and do them yourself. Don't just have staff do all of your SOPs for you. It's really important as an executive director that you know how to do the functions so that you can train on them and if somebody leaves that you can step in okay so but you can have staff that do certain procedures at your organization you can have them develop their own SOPs um, and take some of that burden off of you okay I hope this was helpful keep rocking it out thank you so much for your service to this world see you next time